This is Louis Trapani, and on behalf of Doctor Who Podshock, welcome to the 200th episode of Discussing Boo. I was forced to say that. Now untie me! I say untie me already! This is inhumane, and in Gallifreyan as well. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and not only is it Discussing Who, it is the 200th episode of Discussing Who. And I want to start out before I even get to introducing myself and everyone else by saying a big, huge Doctor Who thank you to one person in particular, and that person would be Louis Trapani. Because if it were not for Doctor Who Podshock, if it were not for Louis, I would have never met Lee. I know everyone's probably already heard this. I would have never met Lee. Lee would have never met Clarence. Clarence would never have met Nicole or Lee, or I wouldn't know all everybody that we know. So it all goes back to Louis Trapani. And for that, my friend, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So who am I? I'm Kyle Jones, and I want to say let's welcome back Nicole. Nicole, how are you? I'm doing well. Hello, everybody. Howdy, howdy. What's been going on with you? (laughs) I wish I could say, like, really interesting stuff, but it's mostly been organizing the house. (laughs) So that's been my lockdown strategy is doing all those little things that you just never got around to doing. Can be interesting, though. Yeah, yeah. I I should actually be working on my podcast, but I just haven't had the concentration for it. So, Well, we're glad that you joined us back again because your first time your first time on the show was episode 79 where I wow. talked about Terminus your podcast is now that you're mentioning Terminus um oh yes and you actually joined the three of us for the very first time on episode 100 so I think it's just poetically ironic that you're back with us for 200 yeah I, I totally planned that I did <laughs> yay yay, yay. <laughs> So I want to welcome back someone else, and that someone else is going to be none other than Mr. Clarence Brown himself. Mr. Brown, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Glad to be on with you guys. And as you mentioned, Lewis, I just went to search for (laughs) Podshock just out of curiosity. And you are halfway, well, a little over half as, as many episodes as Podshock. Which I thought they had way more than that. I'm looking. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I've seen 343 is the last number. No, no that was the last oh, that's number. That's right. Yep. Wow, I thought it was way more than that for some reason. There huh. was a period of time, and Lee, keep me honest here. There was a period of time right after Hurricane Star Superstorm Sandy yeah. that Lewis was unable to make because of everything that had happened, was unable to make new episodes. So that's kind of put a hiatus, would you say? A good... Mm-hmm. Certainly a damper. Yes. Yeah, because he was, I think he even recorded like in a shed or something, a few episodes. It was pretty hardcore at the time. So again, you know, Lewis, I know you're with us in spirit because you're somewhere out there and your voice is always just like in the other. So cheers to you. And also, I couldn't say this any more better than cheers to you, Mr. Lee Shackelford. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good for, you know, the, the, the world is falling apart. But, you know, I, I'm fine. Yeah, man, I'm fine. We've so, got each other. 
well, we're on this life raft together. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's really true. It's um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we'll stick together. There you go. Light in the darkness. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, and, and many people have have I've noticed that in a lot of um, the, uh, podcasts and TV shows that I've been seeing TV shows that go out live that people are often saying thank you to the hosts of the show or um, you know to whoever is responsible saying you know <laughs> your show gives me a half hour of something else and I just really appreciate it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was uh, just noticing that a lot of people were doing that, and one of my favorite things about Hulanta, I, I told uh, I told. Uh, Alan Sider, this was uh, Sophie Aldred thanking him for doing this just at a time when everybody needs it. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was in the process of thanking her. I didn't, I think he was a little <laughs> surprised to have her thanking him. But, you know, she's right. She's yeah. right. And I mean, um, they need it too. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, it all goes to, to say if, if we're going to give, uh, if we're giving people just a little bit of, uh, fun and distraction right now with this show, then my goodness, our, our living has not been in vain. So I'm, I'm wondering, I know, you know, of course, Dr. Who talks about World War II and things like that, but like more recent, maybe, uh, worldwide events that are very impactful, like, uh, nine, well, I guess it's not worldwide, but nine 11 and things like that. Uh, Katrina, does it, does it tackle world events like that? I don't notice that as much, but maybe you guys can enlighten me. No, I mean, there was some stuff in the seventies, but that was more local to Britain. A lot of like the minor strikes and, um, some of the, you know, issues with Thatcher. Yeah, just yeah. Thatcher in general. I yeah. was like gonna name a yeah. bunch of stuff and that that's that's good. Yeah, Thatcher. Yeah. But as far as worldwide events, yeah. I can't think of any. I could be wrong. Yeah, nothing's leaping to my mind either. I, I, I yeah. was just wondering, is is the most recent I don't know, sort of historical that they've uh, tackled been uh, Rosa? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. that yeah. yeah, basically. That's that's I mean, incredible I guess, what I said. Unless but. you talk about the environmentalism stuff that yeah, would go yeah. during and like I, the let's, but yeah. yeah, I can see why they would shy away from that, but uh <laughs> seems like it would be more of it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't Maybe know next way. season, you know, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. But but you know, I wanna reference back to something, Nicole, that you said because it's actually a phrase that I used to Clarence and Lee last night when we were talking about exactly what we're talking about now is kind of being a light in the darkness. And what I'm about to say is not, and I'm ad-libbing this, but it is not to make us sound or be more self-important than we absolutely are, because I understand by all means, we are a Doctor Who podcast for all intents and purposes. That being said, for everyone listening, Regardless of where you come come from, how old you are, what you do in your own time, who you are, we don't care. We're glad that you're here. You (laughs) mean something to us. We're glad you're here. And we hope, like Lee said a minute ago, that however long this episode is, we take your mind off of whatever is going on in the world and you enjoy it and you mean something to us. We, We love having feedback and we appreciate it. But that being said, we're just glad you're here and be happy. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The showrunners of uh, uh, one of my other favorite podcasts always like to say, thank you for listening because you didn't have to. Very well yeah. said. You, know, you got other things you could be doing. But yeah, we, we appreciate your being here for this. So 
Or in the uh, words of Doctor Who, build high for happiness. Yeah. <laughs> More paradise now. <laughs> I gotta say. Which, which brings us to the news, or doesn't happiness it? happiness <laughs> will prevail. That's another one. <laughs> well, I'm going to, you know, speaking of news, I want to actually go back to something that you guys have already hint upon. And that was, of course, this weekend. We had Hulanta 2020 when we believed in 2019 that Hulanta had been put to rest for a little while. But we had a virtual TARDIS. We had Hulanta. So, Lee, initial thoughts, some review, <laughs> Hulanta 2020. What would you think? Uh, oh, I just had the, the best time. It was just, it was just, yeah. Uh, yeah, talk about taking a break from the rest of the world. I, I, I got to go to, uh, I got to go to Hulanta with the three of you. Got yes. So. And we saw Nicole. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, uh, and, we, and we saw uh, Sophie Aldrin and Colin Baker and uh, uh, Rachel, whose Rachel. last name I still can't say. Talalay. Talalay. Yeah. I finally learned how to say it. There you go. It, it helps to hear her say it, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> All right. So, Clarence, what would, if I were to ask you, put you on the spot and say, what was your favorite Ooh. thing that you saw? You know, what was your favorite part of this experience this year? What, what what would you say that is? Oh, it had to be Sophie Aldrin, man. Just it it's something about being having her and Alan have their one on one conversation with all of us listening in, of course, <laughs> and just just being in her house. I, I was just thought that was really cool as well. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed everything she had to say. Uh, hearing about some of her other projects and acting experience. I, I really enjoy listening to all of that. And also, I forget the name of the property, but this other independent film thing that she had that Alan had the uh, had the DVD for. I can't remember. It escapes my mind right now. Right. But, but yeah, it's about, about <laughs> Syl. Yeah, we, yeah. 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 I didn't know that existed until yeah. then. But so I very much enjoyed her um, and, you know, just felt, felt a little bit closer just with that one-on-one conversation, like I was sitting right next to her having a conversation with yeah. him. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. Cool. All right, Nicole, what was your favorite moment? Favorite point? Um, well, okay. So one thing I really liked about the particular choice of guests is they're not only like really big fans of Doctor Who themselves, but they're also big fans of Hulanta. You know, sometimes you'll get a guest that's just kind of like, you know, you can tell they're kind of there for the money. You know, they're not 100% into it. But Colin Baker is, I mean, he's, he <laughs> loves Hulanta and he loves Alan. Yeah. And and Sophie Aldra does as well. And, of course, Rachel Talalay. And it was just nice to have that energy where you could tell they really wanted to be there. And they were just fun. Like, Colin's always fun. But they were like, there, there was that familiarity that kind of made it, like not like a stiff interview it was kind of like fun and i loved when colin was like joking about how alan had buffy the vampire slayer behind him on the on the thing and he's like but i have the doctor who dvds and he had him face out the one with uh with colin on front you know yeah that was <laughs> for good the child of the time lord and i just i thought that was hilarious because he you know and the dogs the issues with the dogs oh, i love the dog. That, dog that was going to be my favorite i love the dog yeah. <laughs> i love the whole whole thing with the dogs you know it was just so funny so i think those are my favorite parts they were just simple but they were fun 
So my takeaway was, yes, I enjoyed everything that you guys just said, but considering the fact that this brainchild of an event was cooked up about a month ago in Alan's head, this was very, very well executed. It just seemed to flow. It felt like I was actually going to a con that ended you know, some of them may have ran just a little bit too long, just like any con would. But you you had all you needed to do was refresh your Facebook uh, live. And I actually put the app on my Apple TV. So I'm like, you know, I'm on my iPad chatting and I'm watching it on the TV, which was a cool experience. So kudos to Alan and whoever it was that was helping him that was running things behind the scenes. Kudos. Very, very, very well done. Absolutely. And yeah. and it became like an international thing because there were people in England that were mm-hmm. New Zealand. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. I mean, I love that because, you know, not everybody can make it to Atlanta. So that was perfect. Just so, great. Nicole, I think you have a couple of more items of news if you would like to share the news. Oh, yes. Um, okay. So the first bit of news was there's a lockdown comedy coming out called Stage that's starring David Tennant and Michael Sheen, who, of course, both have been on Doctor Who. And uh, from what I understand, let's see, I found the snippet of it. It says it will consist of six 15-minute episodes revolve around the cast of a play, the cream of the crop of British acting talent, who are furloughed when their upcoming West End production is suddenly brought to a halt, you know, with the lockdown. It basically follows the cast as they try their best to keep rehearsals on track while in lockdown. And it's kind of done on like Zoom or one of those sort of things. And so it has, you know, David Tennant, Michael Sheen. It has uh, Georgia Tennant. It has Anna Lundberg, who's Michael Sheen's partner. It has, I think they just announced Nino, <laughs> Nina Sasanya, who has been in a lot of things with David Tennant, but she was in Fear Her as well. She was the mom. Um, and they're just going on and announcing random people. So it's just one of those. I'm, I'm really appreciating the little things that some creative, you know, people like actors or writers are doing in lockdown. They're just kind of finding like, what can we do within this medium? And so I'm really excited to, to see that special. I think it said, oh, yeah, it's starting on June 10th on BBC One. I'm not really sure. It, I think it's going to be online as well, but I don't know the details yet. I think they're still working it out. Awesome. Yeah, I've been wondering about that as well. If it's if it's on the iPlayer, most of us won't be able to see it anyway. But uh, yeah, uh, here. I mean, my guess is it's going to get some sort of international thing. It might not like right away, but they would be dumb to not put that out. But yeah, you know. Yeah, I, because uh, all of us in the theater, as you can imagine, are scrambling to figure out how we're going to keep doing what we do. Oh, and yeah. so when I heard there was going to be a show with David Tennant and Michael Sheen about people struggling to do this, I I said, I'm on board for that. Got to see it. Yeah, they had like a little trailer that just looked really adorable. It was just a, a clip. But so cute. Because they have such a great chemistry. So I think it's going to be really funny. And realistic. You know, as you said, a lot of people are going through that right now. So, and let's see, the other one I had, which (laughs) I, uh, if anyone knows me, they know I'm a massive Andrew Cartmel fan, uh, possibly the biggest fan. 
And um, he has a book called Script Doctor that came out, I believe, in 2013, uh, but it's gone out of print several times. But it's recently been uh, reprinted for a limited run through, I think it's called, actually, I have no idea how to pronounce the name of the production company. It's M-I-W-K. Milk? Hmm. I have no idea. Or maybe it's M-I-W-K. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and it's just right now they just marked it down to 16 pounds, which I did a Google search, and that's about $20 U.S., and every copy is autographed. And the thing, the really good thing about the book is it's basically Andrew Cartmel's diaries from when he was the script writer or the script, script yeah, editor. Yeah. editor, that's the word, yeah. <laughs> the script editor back during his time during the seventh doctor era and essentially he was the showrunner so it's if you are interested in like the making of doctor who making of television you know just little bits of stuff like that it's a really great read i uh when it was republished last time a few years ago i i read it in a week and i could have probably read it quicker i just had other things going on but every night i just I, I had to make myself go to bed <laughs> because I was just reading and reading and reading. So um, definitely would highly recommend that. And I can give a link to Kyle or whatever to Perfect. to buy that. I am definitely a cheerleader for that book. Um, I was even sitting with Andrew Cartmel at Con Kesterberus a few years ago, and I was selling that book for him. Like people would come <laughs> up and, and I ended up selling all his copies for the weekend. So <laughs> wow. you. Yeah, because I just was so hyped about it. So, um, but yeah, it is one of those that's kind of hard to find usually. So if it's something you're remotely interested in, you might want to grab it soon because, as I said, it's a limited run. So, yeah. and I, and I can back that up too. I I may have been one of those people who bought the book because you were there uh, pushing oh, them, back but, then. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, and yeah, so mine is autographed by him in person. And then, yeah, but um, yeah, it it really is. It is a fascinating look at a uh, a very challenging time for the show. Yes, um, and where so often they said, "Well, everything that we've planned isn't going to work, and time is money." So, what are we going to do, Andrew? <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, and he'd go, "Um, how about this?" And yeah, and even like him starting, he was talking about. Um, and I won't go into this forever, but um, like in the office that was going to be his office, it had been Eric Sayward's office and Eric Sayward left like angry, like he left and they couldn't get into his filing cabinets. They were all locked. So they like had to have someone come in and like break into the cabinets. Like it was just such a mess. But yeah, they just kind of dropped him in the middle of it and was like, okay, there you go. Yeah. Big problems. Start solving. Right. Yeah. And he was only like, about 27 or 28 years old. Very, he was very, very young. young. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, excellent book. Um, I own two copies. I, I, I went ahead and bought a second copy. <laughs> <laughs> All so. right. Cool. 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 I say, if, unless you guys have anything else, I say, let's get into the reason why we're here today. What, what say you? Why are we here today? Why are we here? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe to it's, discuss this, Dr. Who? Maybe. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So, bicentennial episode. Where we were going to get. So. Yeah, that's right. All right, so I want to give credit real quick to Clarence for coming up with this idea because he used this premise that I'm using 
on a recent episode of Discussing Trek, and I went to the internet trying to find a similar image that you see for anyone listening in the snow, in the show notes, you'll see this image that is our ultimate Doctor Who villain. So I couldn't find anything. So I was like, you know what? I will just make one myself. So I did. So that, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't realize you made this. That's awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. The what we're uh, riffing off of is there was one released by um, Star Trek.com on their, um, their Twitter account. They kind of posted a Star Trek version of this, and we did episode on it. So here's the Doctor Who version. Yay! Cool, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So yeah, I wanted to give you know credit for credit because this this was not my brainchild; it was someone else's. But it is Doctor Who centric, and you know what? I'm going to ad lib something because I just so freaking much enjoy doing this. So I'm going to say, if you do not know who any of the Doctor Who villains are. Go out, watch whatever episode you want to watch, (laughs) come back, because from this moment forward, chances are there's going to be spoilers. 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 All righty. Very weirdly, but we are back and we are ready to talk our ultimate Doctor Who villain. So the way this will work is we have round one. This will go into round two. Then we'll go into a head-to-head of whoever this is going to be that's going to win. So let's start with the first two in our list, the Great Intelligence versus the Weeping Angels. And I will say really quick that the Great Intelligence first appeared in the... Abominable. Oh, say that for me, someone. Abominable. Abominable. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So much better. That's 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 why in uh, Rudolph uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer they call him uh, a bumble. Yeah. Or better yet, the um the bumble snowman. How about this one? (laughs) The one with the yeti. Yeah. The great intelligence appeared in a story. Also, I'm going to call as the Yetis in 1967, and the Weeping Angels appeared first in Blink in 2007. So head-to-head, and Clarence Brown, I want to see what you think. Clarence Brown, what say ye? Great intelligence, weeping angel, who wins? I feel like this is very pointed, because uh, you know I love the weeping <laughs> angels. And of course, you mentioned the ten-pole episode for them, I feel, which is it's Blink. Um, I just think they're a wonderful invention of a villain. Uh, I love the premise of, you know, when they're look- you're looking at them, they're stone, basically. You know, when your back is turned, they're they're out to get you. Uh, then also, there's the added thing of them sending you into the bat- past to harvest your energy, mm-hmm. and so that's a thing. And it plays um, a pretty big plot point in many episodes, uh, especially for some of our characters that we really love by the end of their runs. No spoilers. Uh, so yeah, they're they're very important. But again, like also the great intelligence is pr- pretty important as well. So. My vote is for the Weeping Angels, and I'm sure somebody will tell us why the Great Intelligence is so important. <laughs> All right, Lee Shackelford, who's your pick? You know, I I, I think I have to ask. I, I'm all, <laughs> I can never play a game like this without questioning the rules. Are, when we, what are we trying to prove ultimately? What <laughs> our ultimate Doctor Who villain? Do we mean the the one that seems like the best idea, the the one we hate the most? Out, out of this. Uh, Say, say, say that in it itself is the 
actual thing that the trap that I fell into playing yeah. the Star Trek version because I mm. saw Q on the list and immediately it wasn't even a game for me. It was, oh, well, Q has got to be the winner, but that's not how it played out. <laughs> so yeah. go ahead. I'm Claire. going with which one I like the best. <laughs> <laughs> Which everyone knows I'm a Nomaga fangirl, so we know how this is going to end. No. <laughs> He's an empty suit. So, so maybe oh, the answer. He's, he's got the brownie face. He's got the brownie face. <laughs> so, so, maybe the, no, okay, so-, so maybe the answer to your question is in this random matchup, who would be the ultimate survivor? How about that? Well, the great intelligence, it, it, it kind of in terms of body count, you got to give it to the great intelligence. I mean, yeah. if this is because that villain keeps turning up, as you say, now for 50 years, uh, getting on for 50 years and, um, yeah, uh, leaving um, a death toll. And um, the weeping angels, as the 10th doctor says, they just make you live to death. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. All right. So, they're, Nicole, they're are you going to be the tiebreaker? Yeah. Well, okay. So, I, I did give this a lot of thought. And um, I love The Great Intelligence because I'm a big Troughton era fan. Uh, though I do also love the turn of The Great Intelligence and, you know, the Moffat era as well. But I decided on the Weeping Angels because they're more iconic. And that was the way... I went with this particular one. Now that might change with my criteria for some of the other ones, but in this case, I think the weeping angels are more iconic and more known. And so I'm going to go with that mostly because I'm indecisive. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and forgive my doctor who ignorance here. Cause I didn't even know the great intelligence was a part of classic who I thought it just was pretty much all new who and plays such a big important importance in new who, um, with the whole Clara thing all the time. So, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I still uh, air toward the Weeping Angels once again, but I do feel like, I just wanted to say, I feel, do feel the great intelligence is like really, really important as far as just Doctor Who, the history as well. Mm. And the great intelligence thinks they are very important too. So oh, yes. <laughs> there is that. Yes. See, I, and I am going to so sound like I'm playing the middle of the road, but... I think they would cancel each other out because I don't think the Weeping Angel, I don't see the great intelligence as a or an organic being. I see it more mm-hmm. as a disembodied intelligence. Mm-hmm. The Weeping Angels affect living matter, people. That's That's how they survive. Therefore, I think if you put them against each other, I think they would negate each other. I mean, in other words, they couldn't do anything to harm the other. Oh. Now, yeah, that is planted think, down the middle. I think the ultimate question <laughs> is who would make the best grilled cheese sandwich? That's how you decide. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. No, I was, I was going to suggest that uh, I think maybe um, have you ever seen any great intelligence merch? No, you have not. Ah, uh, no. Mm-hmm. No, okay. you wouldn't want to see Waping Angels merch because doesn't that become an angel? <laughs> an image of an angel is an angel. Oh my God! I I gave Clarence a Christmas tree ornament. Yes, with the Weeping angel. Oh, yes. Oh, no. I don't look. Oh, don't. don't look at it. 
Whatever you do. Or keep looking at don't it. Yeah, really if, if you yeah. don't look at it, you're doomed, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Keep, keep looking at it at least for 400 more episodes. two angels at each other. That's such oh, <laughs> ultimate trick. That's right. I had to like the great intelligence seems like something it doesn't seem like a not a great idea unto itself. It just it seems like something anybody could have came up with. But I feel like there's a bit of intelligence with how the Weeping Angels works work. I feel like it's a cr- really great concept that took some thought. Um, and yeah, that, that I think that's that's what puts it over the top for me. Executive decision based on everything you guys said and Lee's merchandising comment. This this round goes to the Weeping Angels. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, so this yeah. next one is going to be so, so difficult. The Dream Lord versus Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. Anybody? Dream Lord obviously is going to win because I love the Dream Lord, and that's my favorite new series episode. And I hate really? Shaw. I hate Tim Shaw. Uh, hate, hate, hate. So that one's easy for me. And I don't have any time for either of them, so, <laughs> so I, I don't know what to do there. All right, Clarence, what say you? Yeah, I, I actually had to look up the Dream Lord because I did not remember it all. Mm-hmm. But as you know, I looked at some YouTube videos, did some research. I did, did come back to me. And I do remember liking that episode as well. And in, in a sense, isn't he another doctor? I'm going to quotes here, in a sense. Yeah, he's um, kind of like the Valiard version of the Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So for that alone, I think I give him a win. And plus, Tim Shaw, I can't stand the sight of him. <laughs> Although he does come back at the end of the season to play a semi-important role. I don't know what they're going for no, there, he but he does no, he, he does come back. You're being too nice. He came Vader back. Vader Shaw, though. Vader Shaw, I like that. Okay. I re- I respect I respect your uh, 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 a nice your niceness. And I remember Vader Shaw, but still, it's Tim Shaw. Ugh. All the teeth. <laughs> yeah, all the teeth. Dream Lord. That's what we're going with. Because I really don't really, uh, no offense, Nicole, I really didn't like him either. But if I had to put him in a up against him, Shaw, Dream Lord, hands down. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, I like him as a concept. Like, I think that uh, the, you know, the the particular story is very meta about, you know, the doctor and his friends and his relationship to his friends. And so I think he was a great catalyst for that. So, and I so would, from that perspective, I like it. Cool. So I would be remiss to not forget that I need to say that the Dream Lord appeared in Amy's Choice 2010. Tim Shaw first appeared in The Woman Who Fell to Earth in 28. All right. This next one actually should be quite interesting. The next one up is Dalek Khan. Versus Patient Zero. D- d- By whom you mean Prisoner Zero, of course. But yeah. Was it? P- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Prisoner Zero. Oh, I said Patient. I need to change yeah. that. Yes. Mm. Prisoner Zero, not Patient Zero. Uh, prisoner- We've all got to. <laughs> so what now? You you got the pandemic on the brain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I probably did whenever. Mm-hmm. So Prisoner Zero first appeared in the 11th hour in 2010. Dalek Khan first appeared in Army of Ghosts 2006. So I'll start with this one. I'm actually going to go with Dalek Khan. I love the twist that he got in the um, episode Journey's In, and I like the fact that he just kind of turned the tables on Davros. So for that alone, I think that was brilliantly done. It was a cool twist, and Patient Zero was pretty much 
just another example of you had the woman that is in the crown, and I can't remember her name right now. <laughs> Olivia Coleman. Thank Olivia you. Coleman. And you, you made her. She's in everything. Um, prisoner Zero. So that's me. I'm going with Dalek Khan. So I'm going to start, I guess, Nicole. Who do you say? Patient Zero? I mean, Prisoner Zero. Prisoner Zero. I have a lot of Dalek Khan feels. When I showed Hope, my wife, that Dalek Khan was on this list, she laughed because she knows back when, uh, you know, we had Dalek Khan in like Journey's End when he was like so loony and like, in a flu through the time for it. I was like, he is the greatest thing. I want him on the doctor's console and have a spinoff show where they're like traveling through the universe together. <laughs> He's speaking nonsense. And the doctor's like, Oh, Dalek Khan. Oh, you know, in a laugh track, you know, I don't know why I just. He is here. The Dark Lord is come. Into the wild and fire. I danced and died thousand times. I thought he was so hilarious. And not like he was that great of a villain, but I just, a whacked out Dalek was just something I was not, I didn't know I needed until I saw it. And so I also love Prisoner Zero because I love Olivia Coleman, but. I'm going to have to go for Dalek Khan just because I wanted the spinoff back then. So Dalek okay. Khan is my man. All right. All right. So Lee Shackleford. Can, should we count Dalek Khan as a villain? I mean, he does kind of save the day in uh, Journey's End, doesn't he? I mean. That's true. Mm, like, yeah. But, but, but I'm with Nicole. I just love him because he's stark staring bonkers. And I like I those just, kind of people. Exactly. <laughs> I just love his nutsness. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Clarence Brown. I'm telling you, spinoff. Spinoff. Yeah. 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 You're not wrong. Yeah. Well, well I, I agree that Dalek Khan is probably going to win this. I'll play devil's advocate a bit. I like uh, Prisoner Zero as a concept of an enemy uh, being hidden away, if I remember correctly, being hidden away in, in Amy's house for years and years and years with this perception filter in his room that she didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty cool concept. So um, for that reason, alone, I like I like how um, it was the first basically enemy we got in um, in, in Matt's Miss Run. So, yeah, I, I I like it. But of course, it's not going to win against all Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So this one, oh, I'm going to have fun with this one. This next one head to head is the Nestine Consciousness that we first saw in Spearhead from Space, 1971, and Vasta Narada, which we first saw in this episode from 2008 called Silence in the Library. One of my favorite shows, just FYI. So Clarence Brown... Is it? uh, Yes. I wonder why. Or you can send us an email to host at discussingnetwork.com or leave a voicemail on our Discussing Who call box at 805-850-DWHO or 3946. So let me give just a... That includes people who just want to call in and say, what is Kyle's problem? Yes, because I have volumes. And you know where my volumes go? In the library. (laughs) Too bad there's no one there to read it. (laughs) Cool. 
Or a librarian saying, shh. Silence in the library. This was the eighth episode of the 2008 series of Doctor Who. It originally aired on the 31st of May, 2008. It stars Alex Kingston as Professor River Song, and it featured David Tennant as the 10th Doctor, along with Catherine Tate as Donna Noble. No. You like that story? Yeah, never, oh. never would have oh. guessed. Yeah, there's that that pond person in it, right? Yes. <laughs> Something yeah. about a water. Yeah, water. like that. Uh, the only water something about a forest. Yeah. Something. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Clarence Brown, I just want to ask you this one first, considering that this came from Spearhead from Space. Curious. What say you? <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. This one is hard for me. It's probably a toss up for me. Uh, I like the, uh, Nestean consciousness. And the reason is I don't really equate, uh, the Nestean consciousness itself with being the, the part of its run that I identify with. I always identify with the autons. That's what I think about when I hear Nestean consciousness. And that's what I physically see in my, in my, in my brain. So I like them. I really like them as an enemy, although they're kind of goofy, a little lame. But uh, when I think about Rose and what we see in Rose and how it's introduced to Doctor Who, uh, that kind of solidifies it for me. Uh, but I will say I do like the, the Vast and Arata, um, well, Also a great episode that introduces one of your favorite, well, your favorite character in Doctor Who probably. So, yeah, but my vote here is for the Nesting Consciousness. Okay. I'm going to go this time to Nicole next. What say you? Uh, this is a tough decision because, you know, if you think about plastic, it is like <laughs> pretty much a big enemy of the earth right now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. as far as like shadows versus plastic, you know, it's kind of <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's not always just mannequins, you know. I mean, who knows? The nesting consciousness might be taking over your Tupperware. You know, you just don't know. <laughs> But we saw them kill somebody with a phone cord. I mean, yeah. Was, yeah, that was yes, epic. Yes. And a, and a plastic and, and chair. chair yeah. Plastic chair. chair. That yeah. was like the greatest moment better, ever yeah. in Doctor Who. I mean, the master <laughs> killed someone with a chair. I mean, come yeah. on. Um, but I love that the Vashnarada is one of Moffat's sort of cerebral, but also like the thing that's in your life that you're not usually scared of, but now you are with the shadows. And I just thought that was a really interesting idea. So I think between the two, it is difficult, but I think I'm going to go for Vashnarada. All right. All right. I think I have to do the same for the same reasons. Um, Nesting consciousness, very nasty, very nasty indeed. But um, yeah. And and we got, when we got our first real look at him too in uh, Spirit from Space, he looked like uh, somebody's hemorrhoids. <laughs> and that was uh, classic hemorrhoids. Exactly. So uh, I yeah I'm not scared. So yeah, Vashon Arata, yeah, count the shadows. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm going to also, of course, go with the Vashon Arata. The How dare you. the I will say this. I actually went through all these different scenarios with the autons of their plastic and, you know, they would outnumber and this going to be a tie and et cetera and so forth. And then we actually reviewed Spearhead from Space and right at the end when they, and, and, and Lee, you're the one that gave me this thought, was at, right at the end when they are talking about the 
consciousness being a consciousness, you, and you all of a sudden get these tentacles coming out that are trying to choke the doctor yeah. that are obviously organic. I was like, there you go. That's how the best in Arata beats them. The tentacles from Spearhead from Space. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Next up, we have, and this one ought to be interesting, Omega or Omega, however you want to say mm-hmm. it, and Rassilon. Omega first appeared in the Three Doctors, 1973. Rassilon in the Five Doctors from 1983. Lee Shackelford, what say you? Um, I, I know Nicole has, has written a dissertation on this, but I, I will uh, <laughs> jump ahead by saying Omega because, I mean, come on. That's, that's my argument. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Clarence Brown. Uh, mine is going to be Omega as well. I mean, just, I think the look is just iconic. And okay. Uh, help me out here. It's been a while since I've seen, I think it's three doctors. He doesn't have a face, if I'm remembering. Yeah, is that right? My favorite moment. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm remembering. And that is why <laughs> just, just, just that how iconic that is, I feel. I mean, of course, it's been done in other things, but I, I just love that it, you know, had a little trouble remembering, but, you know, it can't, kind of stuck with me. And that's the reason I'm going to choose him. And also, Rassilon, I don't, I, I mean, I know who he is, but to me, he just makes no real impact on. Anything I love with Doctor Who, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, so I want to. I'm saving Nicole last because I, I know she's passionate <laughs> about these two. So that's why I'm holding off on Nicole. So for me, I'll say everything that you guys said. But for Rassilon, my problem with Rassilon was how they brought that character back in the End of Time because we've seen this revered character that they were talking about in the five doctors. And then you see him all of a sudden Rassilon is back and you really didn't get a good explanation in my opinion. And then of course you get another incarnation of Rassilon a couple of years later, cool character, cool characters concept head to head though. Omega all the way. All right, Nicole, what say ye? <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, given the, the, you know, s- season 13 or series 13 has kind of changed up in a time Lord history, but you know, both Omega and Razlon played a really big part in time Lord history. You know, you had the Razlon and printer, which is like how you can fly the TARDIS and Omega is like who back in the day, you know, gave time travel to the time Lords. And so they're both pretty big, but the thing that I like about Omega not over, not only just over Razlon, but just in general, that I find him very interesting is that, well, first of all, like in Three Doctors, he created an entire alternate universe yeah. just from his will. You know, I mean, he, I mean, that's pretty hardcore. And <laughs> I mean, given he was very over the top, he had sort of like this sort of Darth Vader quality where he was just kind of, you know, very over the top. Um, you know, I don't, I don't blame him. You know, he was just stuck in this universe with the jail guards who, by the way, I think are very adorable, but probably not great conversation. So, (laughs) you know, I just, I, I have always found him one of the most fascinating characters Uh, and and he might be, uh, it's hard to say over the master, but he might be my second favorite time Lord, just because I think he has just a really interesting story. Now I feel like Ark of Infinity wasn't as good, but in, uh, 
big finish, there's a Omega a drama that's really good. And I, I don't know. I just find him a really awesome character. And if asked, I would say he's actually my favorite Doctor Who villain. I don't know if he'll wow. win this, but he is actually my favorite villain. Though I might vote against him just because of, you know. All right. So, so for that round clearly and strongly goes to Omega or Mega, whoever. Yay. So, yay. All right. Depending on where you learned your Greek. There you go. I just take the way they say it in the show. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next two that are up against each other are the Ronnie, who was first seen, and the Mark of the Ronnie, 1985, or Madame Kavorian, first seen in Day of the Moon, 2011. So I'll start this time. I will say that I purposely put these two together because I would love for the Ronnie to spend quite a long time actually experimenting on Madame Kavorian because I don't like her. So (laughs) for that alone, mine, of course, is going to be um, the Ronnie with a side of revenge. So um, Clarence Brown, the Ronnie or Madame Kavorian, what say you? Mm, You were calling me first. Um, I want to say the Ronnie, but when you think of the impact, I guess, uh, Madame Kavorian had on Amy's story, you might have to choose her. <laughs> uh, that's a really tough one. I'm going to say the Ronnie because um, the stories we've we've recently watched with her in it, I really enjoyed. And I felt like she was a good uh, foe for the Doctor to see him go up against another, another Time Lord. So, yeah, um, I'll, I'll choose the Ronnie in this one. All right. Leash, no, I'm going to go to Nicole. Nicole, what say you? Um, I like both characters, but I will definitely say the Ronnie because I just, I think she's so much fun. And I love in Mark of the Ronnie where she's just kind of stuck between the master and the doctor, like as her old classmates. And you can just see her just being like, oh, God, they're so annoying. <laughs> you know. And it, she's just so perfect pitted against them. And, you know, she is a villain, but she's also... <laughs> just kind of a scientist, just kind of doing her thing. And I don't think she necessarily wants to hurt people. I just think she, you know, just wants to do science. They don't necessarily <laughs> want to hurt the mouse. They just have to hurt the mouse, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're going to have to dissect it anyway. All right, yeah. All right Lee Shackelford, what say you? Uh, I'm going to have to to dogpile on this one, too, with everybody else. I have started thinking about these in terms of uh, victims, and uh, I don't appreciate people messing with Amy. So, so you know, that's a big point for Madame Kavari in there. But uh, the, the Ronnie, yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, she's just a sociopath, and that's um, yeah, that that's always bad. That's bad yeah. sociopathy. Yeah. Well, well, Madame Kavorian, she's more of a religious fanatic mm-hmm. at, at the end of it. Also dangerous, yeah. You know. But, uh, but you know, uh, uh, even though I don't think much of the story, qua story, but in Time in the Ronnie, she she wants to be Thanos. Yeah. And, um, right. Yikes. And, and, and that's and, the thing, she can regenerate. You know, if you kill Madame Gavarian, Madame Gavarian dies. But Ronnie, she, yeah. she just regenerates. So we got to go with the Ronnie here. I love that. Thank you, guys. Woohoo. All right. The next one up is The Master, first seen in Terror of the Autons, 1971, versus Davros, Genesis of the Daleks, 1975. Lee Shackelford. Well, they should have a contest of which of them is harder to kill. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> when I saw this on your your spreadsheet, I said, "Oh golly, Devros and the Master." <laughs> Huh. Two number one seeds against each other. We can't do that. Yeah, can we? <laughs> that's um, yikes. Um, but you know, I, I guess I uh, for all of the, the the horrible things that the master has done, I always go back to that moment in Genesis of the Daleks when the the fourth Doctor poses him a hypothetical question about him destroying everything, and uh, Davros has only to think about it for a minute and realizes he'd do it. He'd do it. And then later on in the series, of course, in New Who, he comes very close to doing it. Um, yeah, I, I think I may have to go with Davros. Okay. All right, Nicole, what say you? Yeah, this is a tricky one because I, I love Davros and I love the Master. And I was trying to think of which one I thought was better. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I, I was, it got me thinking of when Missy and Davros were in a story together. And I just, I it made me like, Missy even more. So I think because Missy is the master, I'm going to have to pick the master, but it is, it's very close for me. I, I could tip either way or the other, but I'm going to say the master in this case. Okay. Clarence, what say you? Mm. It's funny because I feel like the newest version of the master is my favorite, (laughs) which, you know, so, and I'm going to go back to what Lee said with Davros and the Genesis of the Daleks. Um, That is the, I feel like Davros wins because in that story, he feels like the, the, the Palpatine version of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. He ha- he has this whole race of people like working for him on his side. Uh, though he's very obviously doing some shady things. And of course they're trying to further their genetic, uh, line on when years from now, they're trying to, trying to make their their genetic line better or whatever uh, but still i feel like he was so obviously bad but they were still willing to follow him and i have to give him some credit on that for the the cunning part of it i don't feel like i get that as much from the master but uh that's i don't know i think davros wins for that point right there alone okay so just a little backstory really really quick I've purposely put these two together on tier one. I at first had the Master and Davros going against maybe Tim Shaw and the Dream Lord. I think that's maybe how I did it. And I changed it because I thought that was too much of a given. And I knew that head to head, we had never seen Davros, to my knowledge, fighting the master in television proper. They may have in Big Finish, maybe in comics or books or whatever. But since we had not seen that, that's why I put them in the first tier. Well, they did Missy and Davros with the Magician's Apprentice. But they weren't actually one-on-one, though. Oh, that's true. That's true. So I'm going to go with Davros, and the reason for it is going back to Genesis of the Daleks. And when you tie that there is a part of the master, yes, he's maniacal. Yes, there's a part of him that's bonkers, but there's also a part of him that's Missy. And yes, she did horrible things. Yes, she was a villain. But there is a part of her that we know in the Doctor Falls. No spoilers, but there's a part of her that does something or was going to do something or whatever in the Doctor Falls. I think that would be the downfall there. So Davros for me win. Yeah. Let, let, let me add to that. I think that the master has aged better. Uh, I mean, obviously the, the master gets to reinvent himself or herself every, you know, few years, wherever he comes back. 
or she comes back. I feel like with Davros, uh, he hasn't really, he's stale. He, he seems, he, he doesn't seem fresh and new to me. Uh, it seems like going back to watch Genesis up until now, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah. So from that point of view, I like how at least the master gets to kind of change like the doctor does. All right, cool. So we've got Davros there. So I will start out with the the p- final pair up of this round, and that is the meddling monk, which was seen first in the time meddler, and then we have the cyber leader first seen in Revenge of the Cybermen. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the the monk because. The monk is a time lord, and traditionally they have the upper hand. I will say for anyone giving their opinion before we get to Clarence, we have not reviewed the uh, time meddler yet, so don't give the spoiler. Spoil me. I don't care. <laughs> you spoil me. <laughs> no, it's, it's too good, don't you think, Lee? Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't seen it in a long time, so um, yeah. All right, so I'm going to go with the monk. So, um, ladies first, uh, again. So, Nicole, the monk or the cyber leader? This is a tricky one, too, because I love Cybermen, and I have a particular soft spot for 80s Cybermen, especially David Banks as the cyber leader. I had a bit of a crush on him, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. And I just, it's just like in my heart. But I also, the meddling monk is awesome. And Actually, some people have kind of wondered if maybe he's like a prototypical master or whatever, because he's before the master comes on the, the show. But I think if I'm putting them up against each other, even though I really do love David Banks as a cyber leader, I think the meddling monk is a little more scary because he can play with time and he has a lot more in a way. It's like the Ronnie where because they're time lords, they can like do stuff that, you know, just somebody who, you know, has a regular lifespan or whatever can't do. So even though the monk is a little nicer, I'm going to say that he's probably scarier in the end, just from what he can do. All right. So Lee Shaffelford, what say ye? I can't decide if I like the cyber leader. Um... Yeah, I, I think Nicole makes a good argument there. I'm going to have to go with the monk just because of the potential. So You're just mad at the cyber leader for creating that music that I love so much. I'm mad at the cyber leader. <laughs> did, did we get our first cyber leader in the Tomb of the Cybermen? Speaking of such we, things. Oh, is right? that a cyber controller? Yeah, I think he was considered controller. Cyber controller is what they call it. Because I thought cyber it was. Cyber leader didn't come until the 80s. Gotcha. Okay. Not sure I know what the difference is, but... Yeah. I don't think the show knows. Yeah, exactly. I do like the controller because he has an exposed brain. I always thought that was cool. Yeah, I, I think the leaders have the black hat. The controllers have the brain. Ah. Uh, Maybe. Anyway. Anyway. Monk. All right. Yeah. Clarence Brown. What say you? Yeah, I'm not even sure I know what the difference is on the cyber leader, cyber guy. <laughs> what? Yeah. Is, is, is it a cyber leader or is it multiple cyber leaders through the... Uh, on this one, I really don't have a preference. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know who the monkey is and the cyber leader. I'm, he's that character has never jumped out at me and knew who. Though I'm sure we've seen him. Um, 
So I really don't have a preference on this round. All right. So we're going to say that the monk wins this round. So let's do this where we're since we're already at one hour for this next couple of rounds, since we've already talked about the strengths, I'm just going to say who's up against who, and we're going to say who's going to advance. So I'm going to start it off with the Weeping Angels and the Dream Lord. I'm going to go with the Weeping Angel. Does anyone disagree that the Weeping Angel should move forward? No. Nope. I don't know. All right. So Weeping Angel moves forward. So the next one I'm going to go and give to Clarence and say Dalek Khan versus the Vashta Narada. What say you? Are you going to give me this? Um, I have to say the Vashta Narada um, for me. <laughs> fight me. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think we said before I thought the uh, Dalek Khan was more prominent. But I think the impact of the story with Vash and Arata is probably put a, put him over the top. All right. Does anyone disagree with Dalek Khan? No. Nah. All right. I am good with Dalek Khan. All right. So that gives us Amaga versus the Rani. And I'm going to give that Ooh. to Nicole. <laughs> Thank you. Obviously, Omega. Or you're, now you got me saying Omega. Um, Omega. Okay. Does anyone disagree with Omega moving forward? Not I. All right. So, Lee Shackelford, I'm going to give you Davros versus the Monk. Yeah, no problem. Davros. All right. So, we are down now to the, I guess, the semifinals. I'm not good with brackets. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm sci-fi. I'm not sports. So... We have the Weeping Angels versus Dalek Khan. I'm going to go back Ooh. to... No, oh, was that right? No, it was Weeping Angels versus Vashta Narada, wasn't oh, Did it? we go to the Vasta? Am I wrong? I probably got lost. No, well, I, I meant to question that earlier, too, because that's that's the way I thought it was oh. going. Oh, well, hey, we can... Uh, I can just retire. Let me, let, me pull, let me pull up the bracket here. <laughs> I'm actually tapping sh- in the bracket. We should be writing this down. Yeah, I, I actually am like moving. I wrote I wrote the names down, so I'm like moving them as we go. Okay. Oh. Literally th- into the brackets. All right. Wait, did we even do the Tim Shaw Dream Lord matchup? Yeah, we did that did. back in the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that was a Dream Lord versus Weeping Angel. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And then gotcha. Weeping Angel won. And then we did Dalakon versus Vashnarada and Vashnarada won. So I think it's Weeping Angel versus Vashnarada. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. But but who did I'm we guessing, say? I'm also not a sports person. <laughs> um, I just remember brackets from roller derby. <laughs> but, but did we say Dalakon or did we say Vasta? We said Vasta. Okay. All right. So Weeping Angels versus Vasta Narada. Oof. What do we all say as a group? This always gets harder as you go along, doesn't it? Yeah. Both iconic. Both have a catchphrase. Well, no, <laughs> Weeping Angels don't really have a catchphrase. Yeah. They have a phrase associated with them. Right. But. So do the Vasta. Yeah. They don't necessarily have the... That was somebody Yeah, they else. don't really right. say... Well, they yeah. just repeat stuff. And, it goes. Yeah. Right. So let me ask the question that someone asked earlier. Have we ever seen a Vasta Narada merchandise? <laughs> uh, yeah, there is actually a, a bobblehead of... Uh, the uh, spacesuit with the skeleton in it. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I've occasionally had a shadow cast over my shirt. I don't mm-hmm. know. If that <laughs> counts. Counts it's good free. as gold. Yeah, 
And I've been in an empty library, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I once said that I had issues, and I said, where do I keep them? In the <laughs> library, because I have volumes. <laughs> anyway. I mean, to the general public, Weeping Angels are probably more well-known. Like, if you went to a convention, mm-hmm. more people would either be dressed as Weeping Angels or no Weeping Angels over the Vashonarada. Yeah. Okay. The Vashonarada are just nasty. They're, they're, they're yeah. invisible piranha. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm. It's tough. Okay, how about this one? And I think I, I think this might settle it for us. Since Nicole said what she did about a convention, and we've just had an awesome convention called <laughs> Hulanta 2020 on uh, in honor of Alan Seiler at, for having a convention and the association of the Weeping Angels with the convention, we're moving the Weeping Angels forward. Are we you good with can't that? argue with logic like that. Yeah, awesome. That works. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be here all day. Okay. Right. All right. So the next and final round before we get to the final, Omega or Omega or whoever you want to call him versus the diabolically crazy Davros. Anyone? It's hard. Wow. I, I actually don't know. How about this? This is a face up of... Literally a face off of someone who doesn't have a face and, and, and someone who looks like he shouldn't have a face. Right. And sometimes only has a head. Right. Right. Yeah. Depending on the story. Oh, man. The cyber leader. I, I think I'm going to say Davros has been in better stories. I, I mean, Omega is really good, but like, I think Three Doctors is better than Arc of Infinity, in my personal opinion. And as far as TV, Doctor Who. And Davros, I mean, he was in Genesis of the Daleks to start out. I mean, that's like iconic, iconic Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, he's been in other stories since. But um, I feel like he's probably left more of a mark on the show than Omega, as much as I love Omega. Yeah. I love you, Omega. It wouldn't be Daleks without face. it. <laughs> and Omega has the frown, so he's okay with losing because he's already <laughs> <laughs> yes, but does he have a big electric eye right in the middle of his forehead? Yeah, I mean, Davros can see in the dark, and that's yeah. the Omega can create light. So, yeah. mm. hasn't Omega been largely forgotten in New Who? Yeah, I kept thinking he was coming back because, like in uh, Moffat's era, on the back of the laptop, sometimes you'd see an Omega sign, and I was like, "Ooh, is he coming back?" But <laughs> never happened. Yeah, I remember reading that the rumor that when we were hearing "Silent Fall" was mm-hmm. uh, was supposed to be at one point Omega. Huh. That would have been cool. All right, so gentlemen, what say you? Do you have any thoughts, Davros versus Omega? Davros. All right, well then. Davros moves forward to the final oh, round. Davros, oh, the Weeping Angels. I, 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 I so did not even expect these two to be at the end. To be honest with you, so this is so cool. Uh, I ship it. Weeping Angels <laughs> versus Davros. Well, they outnumber him, don't they? That's that's hardly fair. It's true. So. Let me ask you guys this question. Would the Weeping Angels want Davros' life? Would that be something, or would that just give them indigestion? Honestly, if they, like, sent him back somewhere else in time, he would just create stuff back then. Like, he would just, <laughs> right. he would just work with wherever he was. Absolutely. He always has. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do we know if the Weeping Angels are vulnerable while they're in their steel state or frozen state can they be like bashed and destroyed <laughs> like broken i have wondered about it. yeah 
And they just brought that up. Probably because there's usually actors playing the Weeping Angels. You exactly. don't want to break them. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Davros would know. He would figure it out. He's, he's thought about it. Yeah. yeah. And you know, probably want to be Davros. <laughs> you know, they hinted at one point that the Weeping Angels were um, Time Lords. Time Lords. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. In End of Time, I think it was. Yep. Part two. Yeah. What, that they stand in shame like the weeping angels of old. Right. So, so are we saying Davros for the win? I think so, in my opinion. It certainly right. seems like it. Yep. All right. Unfortunately. Patient yeah. Zero win. No, pri- uh, Prisoner Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so, for some reason, I'm, wondering, I, I'm hearing that, you know, like, what's your name? Davros, the little boy. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or just maybe... Uh, Davros screaming or something. You know. Yes, I, I do hope you'll drop in the appropriate oh, Davros. Uh... For the last time, I am your creator. You must, you will obey me. We obey no one. We are the superior beings. Oh, so this was fun. Davros it for the win. That is cool. I do want to voice an objection, however. Uh, I didn't want to bring it up at the beginning, but your list fails to mention Mahindri Solon, who is clearly the greatest Doctor Who villain. Yeah, I would agree. That's that's a good one. Only because he's in my favorite episode. But we've also (laughs) left out Magnus Griel. Magnus Griel. Yeah. Also an iconic story. Is yeah, traveling under the name or of Sutek. Wing Chiang. Sutek is, Sutek is also pretty awesome. Yeah. So I'm seeing episode number two hundred and fifty uh, coming up. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'll make I'll make the board this time. Okay, make the board this time. Because <laughs> and it's gonna me- have Solon and Morbius on it. destroyed Morbius for his crimes here on Khan. There's something going on here, some dirty work. Time Lords are spineless parasites. Morbius offered them greatness once, but he was betrayed and rejected. And paid for that mistake, Kondo. When it is learned that I, Morbius, have returned from the grave, my followers will rise in their millions. Morbius is dead, Doctor. And you will join him very shortly. Right, so, oh, yeah! So oh, yeah. if you do that, you and that is so cool, and please do, make it. But but I, I have one request of someone mm. that I did not include in this one. Michael Grade. <laughs> <laughs> He would win. What yeah, that's about? that's why I didn't put him in here. I was like, Michael Grade versus yeah, Michael Grade. It would be like <laughs> over the board. Yeah, Michael Grade for the for the ultimate win. But Tim, know the runner up. <laughs> we I mean, made, that's, what Cal, that's what Cal would say. I made. I, 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 I'm 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 coming around. I'm I'm coming around it. slowly. I'm not. Yeah. Oh, but I would oh. love Davros versus Michael Grade. That would be awesome. <laughs> I would watch that episode. Who has done more to hurt the Doctor? <laughs> oh, that that burn. 
Well, this was fun, guys. I had a lot of fun with this. I hope you guys did too. What a fun idea. Yeah. Cool. Well, Can Nicole, we reveal like who what everybody's individual pick was before we started? Or sure, I filled it out myself. Sure, absolutely. Yes, go for it. So, so my pick was the Weeping Angels. That was my winner. Mm. My personal bracket. All right, yeah. Lee. What was yours? I felt we were going to end up with the master. Yeah, that's what mine came down to. Mine actually came down to the master as well. Wow. Interesting. But that's when I noticed that Magnus Greel and uh, Mahendri Solon weren't in the mm-hmm. in the list. So I said, "Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I won't even play. Maybe you won't, or maybe you'll just, you know, come back with a even more brilliant version to one hundred and fifty. <laughs> oh yeah, now the just, heat's on. Yeah, just don't put the um the, the farting aliens yeah. on there. Oh, oh yes. please put them on there. Yeah, forgot all yes. about the. I don't know what they're called. It's like I blocked them out of my yes. head. They're the family Slavine from Mexico. Oh, oh yes. And see, my my <laughs> evil plan worked. You are coming up, all of you, with my no need to have any work done on 100, <laughs> 250 <laughs> because you're doing it for me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So while I'm being diabolical, I must say, Nicole, thank you so very much for having you on again. It is oh, awesome course. having you. And I would like to ask you to have the opportunity to say, if anybody could find you on the internet, where might they find you? Um, probably like if you want to, to hear me talking about Doctor Who, I have a podcast called Terminus at terminus.libsyn.com. Uh, currently on hiatus with the lockdown, I'm trying to get back on that. But um, otherwise, uh, I haven't been on social media a ton, but that's probably the easiest place to find me. Um, yeah, I'll be hanging out with Dave Ross and, uh, no, that was a bad joke anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's probably the best place to find me. Awesome. I, Mr. Lee Shackelford, where else might you be found on the internet? Well, I'm going to point people towards relativitypodcast.com where right now they'll find a, a, a charming interview with uh, Stephanie Lindsay and very soon, believe it or not, New episodes of Relativity. Yay. Woo-hoo. Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> Clarence Brown, what say ye? Yeah, I will point people to techpedition.com, uh, where you can hear me and my brother talk about all things tech. Yeah, techpedition.com. Awesome. Awesome. So I will point anyone listening to discussingnetwork.com that will take you to all the shows that are part of our discussing network and it is again discussingnetwork.com so thank you everyone for joining us for episode number 200 of discussing who as again we are glad that you are with us and as always we will be back next time affirmative affirmative (laughs) you've been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com